The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Be Fit for Life. Your host is Chad Austin. There's no time to get yourself into shape. Like right now, you'll learn how to overcome the day-to-day excuses and start working on the rest of your life. The results will come as you go and will just keep getting better and better. Now, here's your host and motivator, Chad Austin. What's up, everybody? I'm Chad Austin. Welcome to Be Fit for Life. I hope you enjoyed last week's special encore presentation of a popular past BeFit for Life episode I did. It was the one called Make Nutrition Your Focus. In this episode, I was joined by Nathan Korn. He's the CEO and founder of FlexProMeals.com. FlexProMeals is a Kansas City-based company here where I live that they ship food nationwide. So when striving to reach your fitness goals and to live a healthier lifestyle, a proper diet with correct nutrition is 80% some would argue more than that, of the, of the problem. The bottom line is that if you're not eating the proper, proper diet to reach your fitness goals, you'll not reach them. The problem today is that most people do not know what to eat, and even if they did, they wouldn't have the time to cook it. So at Flex Pro Meals, they eliminate those burdens. You simply tell them your fitness goals, and they will design a professional nutrition plan just for you. They then prepare it and ship the meals fresh right to your door every single week. So if you want to know more about Flex Pro Meals, if you hadn't heard that show yet, you can listen to the special encore show I did last week, or you can go to flexpromeals.com and take a look at their website and try them out. Joining me this week is world-renowned fitness coach Scott Abel. Scott Abel has coached thousands and thousands of people to transform their physiques and their lives. Scott can help you transform yours as well. This morning, you will be provided with the professional help that comes along with four decades of experience. Scott has experience as a competitor, as a fitness trainer, as a life coach. He's done it all. So when you want more than a fitness coach and when you're ready, Scott is able. So I'm very happy to have Coach Scott Abel here with us this morning, and he'll be joining us here shortly. But first, I wanted to talk about something that's very important to not only your long-term results, but also your long-term happiness and that is building a good support team around you. We were all devastated this week with horrible news of Robin Williams' death. It is so heartbreaking to me to find out that someone who has spent all of his life making everyone else laugh out loud and feel good, he actually spent a lot of his own life feeling depressed on the inside. It just doesn't seem fair at all. Dead Poet Society, Good Will Hunting... These are two of my favorite movies. I'm sure you have your own Robin Williams favorites as well. So I'm not going to pretend I know everything about mental illness or what he was going through because I don't. But I do know that some of the steps of what things that could... I don't know, I don't know what the steps are, what, anything he could have been doing differently to help solve his problems or ease his pain. I don't know. But one thing I do know after being a trainer for 12 years is that if you want to make fitness a priority for the long-term, or long-term success, long-term happiness, there are two important things that you need to do. 
The first one is something I talk about on this show all the time. That is to find your reason why. You can't just, along with making, creating goals, you have to dig deep and find out why your goals are important to you. So that way, when the going gets tough, you'll remember why you're making the sacrifices that you're making and be able to push through. The second important thing is that you need to surround yourself with positive, supportive people. People who want you to succeed and be happy. Surround yourself with people who will be in your corner and build you up. And at the, at the same time, you want to avoid negative people who don't maybe believe you can reach your goals and could only bring you down. So I'm very lucky. I'm one of those very lucky people to have a great support team that started with my family. Both my parents and my sister have always been in my corner for everything I've done. I can't remember a single sporting event I've done growing up in, in high school and grade school and college and, and, and any events I've done as a trainer or challenges I've, I've had to go through. I can't, I can't think of any of them that were my parents, either parents and my family weren't attending or at least they're encouraging me all the way through the process. And actually for the world's toughest mutter that I'm cur- currently training for that I've shared with you many times on this show that this event I'm going to in November, my parents are actually coming with me and they'll be my pit crew during the, during the event, during a 24-hour race. So part of their motivation is, of course, that the event's in Las Vegas and it's hard for them to turn down a trip to Las Vegas. But still, having them there is going to make all the difference. It's going to make everything easier for me. So who is your support team? Are you, if you're not lucky enough like me to have such a great family, loving parents and sister who are um, always there to be a great support team, who is your support team? Are you surrounding yourself with the right people to help you succeed? If you don't get the positive influence from your family that you need, because I know not everyone is that lucky, then I, I strongly recommend finding someone or some people to get it from. It could be workout buddies. It could, it could be a personal trainer. could be a coach. could be a teacher. Uh, or even, even better, find a fitness community or a team you can be a part of. In February of this last year, Dr. Kelly Baltuska and I, Dr. Baltuska is a chiropractor here in my, in my town who has been on the show several times. But we together, we created a, a meetup group called Be Fit for Life. It's along with the show. We created a Be Fit for Life community. We're trying to surround ourselves and keep making a, our community bigger and bigger of people who are fitness minded and all have the same goal of living a healthier, happier life and making fitness a priority. And so it was the smartest thing we ever did. We wish we would have started so much sooner. We're approaching 75 members in the group now, and the group's just started in February. So our group has not, and so it's been growing, and we've, we, do, we meet for workouts and any, any workouts or events that me and Kelly put on, everyone's always invited to. We put on several, several fitness lessons, and we put on events like healthy happy hours or things like that, just where we can get together and be together, surrounded by people who are also have like-minded goals. Um, and so, but if you haven't, if you haven't found that support team for yourself yet, then I strongly look, suggest look for a meetup group, look for a fitness team, something you can be a part of that will help you on your on your journey towards your fitness goals. With that in mind, we're going to take a short commercial break right now. When we come back, we are going to be joined by Coach Scott Abel and. We will begin our first interview today. Thank you.
Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuzo to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Your life. Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are tuned in to Be Fit for Life with your host, Chad Austin. If you have a question or comment about our program, send us an email at chadaustinfitness at gmail.com. That's chadaustinfitness at gmail.com. Now, back to Be Fit for Life. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Chad Austin, and you're listening to Be Fit for Life. Joining me this morning is world-renowned fitness coach Scott Abel. Scott has coached thousands and thousands of people to transform both their physiques and their lives. This morning, you will be provided with professional help that comes along with four decades of experience. Welcome to the show, Scott. Thanks for joining us this morning. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, no problem. So, Scott, I've followed you for a little while and I've uh, used a few of your programs. I've definitely, you're definitely a leader in fitness that I've learned from a little bit over the years. And so you've been a fitness industry leader for a while now as a competitor, as a fitness trainer, as a life coach. So one thing I always like to start the show with with my interview, because since this is about making fitness a priority, I just what is your reason why? How did you end up in fitness as a leader and how did you know that was for you? Uh, I kind of stumbled on it. I, I, I started very young, so I wouldn't want to say that my mindset at the time was one that was uh, mature and responsible. I was always into sports and active in sports, and I've, uh, since then, um, since that time, I have always uh, come back to the quote that um, sport, art, and music are the ways we celebrate the human spirit. Uh, since I couldn't uh, draw very well or anything like that, then sport was a and I had no musical talent. Sport was a natural choice for me. And so it kind of evolved from there. But it was um, what I started noticing was the the reasons, the fact 
foundation behind my involvement in fitness was a lot different than everyone else's. And then um, that sort of morphed into, you know, what my uh, career had become uh, much further along. The more and more I noticed a substantial difference between uh, what I call foundational fitness uh, in the triangle of awareness versus the way everyone else was approaching it. I had more of a, a very natural inside out connection to it. Um, whereas everyone I was coming into contact with had more of an outside-in connection with it. And when I was younger, I didn't understand really the difference conceptually. Um, but as I started studying more and more, I realized the qualitative difference between the two makes or breaks uh, you know, uh, what fitness is, is doing in someone's life. And I always use the quote – um, I used to use it in bodybuilding, but now I use it for fitness as well. Is the you know the fundamental question to ask is what is my fitness endeavor doing to my life, and what is my fitness endeavor doing for my life? And to be able to answer those two questions uh, in an honest, authentic way usually tells people uh, where they're at in that equation in terms of uh, they're doing something that's actually shrinking their existence or expanding their existence. So it's a very, very important. Uh, uh, duality to look at and a lot of the times when people think what they're doing in the name of fitness really isn't in the name of fitness at all it's in the name of a lot of other things that really aren't healthy yeah those are i like those two questions those are two great questions to ask yourself when you're taking on some body changes or whatever your goals are in fitness i like those a lot um under you have a great website it's at scottable.com uh, for those of you listening that want to go check it out but you're just started to mention your philosophy uh, you have a really under your meet Scott that that part. I really like how you explain your philosophy. In there, you talk about the triangle of awareness. Can you explain just a little bit more about what the triangle of awareness is and what do you mean? Uh, sure. The triangle of awareness is, is uh, something I came up with I, again as um, as I sort of really started paying attention to studying the people that I was working with over the decades and uh, what was missing. And, and um, I refer to the triangle of awareness. It's, people can just picture uh, a balanced isosceles triangle. And in a triangle, what we have is we have all three uh, sides being connected to each other, and we have a balance uh, in each side, so side to side, and the bottom foundational element. So, in the triangle of awareness, what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the mental realm, I'm talking about the emotional realm, and I'm talking about the physiological, behavioral action realm. And that these need to be as close as possible in, in balanced order in order for someone to experience contentment and wellness. And any one of those that's skewed in a different direction is going to take that triangle out of balance. And, you know, I can easily now pay attention in my assessments of people in terms of where their, what I call a need state, where their fitness need state actually is. Is it mental as in stinking thinking? Is it emotional as in thinking with emotions rather than using emotions to think? Or is it behavioral because of those two? things. So a balanced triangle of awareness is actually the coaching goal. Um, it, it, it means nothing to me to have someone accomplish six-pack abs if the rest of their family's packed up and moved out because of it. So, yeah. you know, it's that kind of thing that um, uh, people aren't looking at. Now, I've recently coined the term because of um, the 
the course I'm teaching called the Empowered Woman Experience, I've also coined the term now emotional fitness and mental fitness to address these two realms of awareness in the triangle of awareness because we use the term fitness rather loosely. And again, it, it, it's starting to be equated – well, not starting. It's being immensely equated now only with appearance. Um, and that's not that's not the definition of what fitness is. It has to be beyond appearance to something else. Um, so, you know, I like to use the term triangle awareness to make people aware of that. That you know, if if what you're doing isn't isn't leading to personal growth, um, then it's not fitness uh, per se in terms of being foundational. So um, that's the kind of the way I approach things. Is that it has to be part of a greater whole. It can't be an entity in and of itself, compartmentalized and separate. From the rest of your life yeah that's awesome i really like that uh that's a take that more trainers need to adapt uh maybe it should be a uh more of an i mean maybe that should be something that we use as a blueprint in the fitness industry actually that's really a a very refreshing take so when you meet oh oh yeah definitely it is if you if you don't mind me expounding on that i think oh yes go ahead what you're mentioning about trainers and the, the, my problem with that is now uh, with online availability and whatnot, anyone can hang a shingle, you know, what I call hanging a shingle on a website and saying you're an expert in this, that, or the other thing, and people flock to them. But what we're getting with now with trainers who are themselves obsessed uh, with physique, with body, with appearance, and they try to uh, have the trickle-down effect of telling people who don't have the time, the interest, or the availability to be equally obsessed. They're telling them that's the only way that they can um, have the life that they want and you know reach their goals. And then it becomes this whole uh, judgment of well, if you're if you can't stay consistent with diet compliance and training compliance, then you don't want it bad enough. And uh, my experience is just the opposite. The people who struggle, which is who I am targeting to champion now in my career, uh, they probably tried harder than anyone else. But to have trainers out there who are themselves um, have equated fitness with obsession and then trying to sell that to clients who actually have a life, uh, that's a danger zone. And so, yeah, we need to have that conversation. So I'm glad you can see the relevance of that. Oh, yeah, definitely can. I, and um I tell you, since I've been doing this show, I've done this podcast for about a year now, and and it started out as something just kind of a um, personal personal development for myself and professional development for myself. But you know, when you start to recruit other personal trainers and fitness experts to be on the show, you see who really deserves a title of expert because there, there's you know there's about a half percent of people in the fitness industry that are really famous. But there's, you know, there's so many, there's about that same, I mean, there's so many people that are out there that are really good and they need to be out in the public like yourself uh, as, as fitness leaders. And so hopefully that's uh, the direction we're heading with in the future. Um, but you'll, that's something you'll learn too with your own blog that you're getting ready to start as you get more, and we talk about that here in a second. Um, okay. But you mentioned the, the triangle of awareness. When you take on a new client, I know everybody's different. There's really no norm, but what would you say statistically is really the weaker parts of the triangle that you're got to dive into more first? Emotional fitness. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people want to hide behind physiques um, to mask uh, something else that's missing in their life or a complete void. Um, and when they do that, and when they um, explode the notion of appearance equals essence or body image equals self-image, um, then usually they create 
more issues along with that. So in other words, I, I see a, a, a my career took a hard right-hand turn because of the explosion and the popularity of uh, figure in bikini contests. And what went along with that was that overemphasis obsession with appearance also ended up uh, creating uh, metabolic damage, eating disorders, and a lot of uh, anxiety and depression issues that I deal with on a daily basis now. So mm -hmm. uh, it, again, putting all those eggs in one basket kind of thing um, isn't, isn't holism. It's not, um, it's not looking at the whole of a life and it's, it keeps narrowing it down into further and further compartments, which isn't healthy. Um, so that that's the kind of thing that I, I concentrate on is emotional fitness. This all has to fit, and it has to fit in a way that's relevant to feeling better about about who you are. So uh, mm. you know that that becomes uh, that's what fitness is really. Yeah, I, I could agree more. And so uh, scottable.com, you there's like I said, it's a great website. Listeners, go check it out. But you have a couple different blogs, and you've really become and you, you've really become an author over the years too. You have like thirteen over a dozen ebooks it look like on there. Uh, but to talk about your two blogs first, you have a life coach blog and a diet blog. Can you tell me kind of what listeners could expect from both of those different blogs? Well, I don't have a diet blog per se. I have more what I would call an industry blog. Um, we're down. We're now morphing morphing that into the Empowered Woman blog, where I write about a lot of these things we're discussing. Uh, the life coaching blog I don't do as much anymore because we're going to uh, connect more of those conversations to the triangle of awareness, um, using fitness as a foundation uh, when it's appropriate to do so. Uh, but there's tons of articles on my site. I've been writing for years and years and years now. So as you say, there's you know. I don't know how many books. I'm about to start another one as well. And then I'm teaching the um, Empowered Woman Experience course that we're about to launch again. That's a 20-week-long course. It's it's wow. really uh, – it's long, intense. And in that course, I, I address all three elements of the triangle of awareness and fitness and uh, body image, eating and food issues, uh, weight issues and appearance issues, and the cultural determinism of, the, of those things as well. So it's really, we go from the, from the cultural level right down to the individual level and back again. So it's really quite, uh, quite intensive uh, a course. I don't think anyone else is offering anything like that, uh, not in terms of the way I do it anyway. But yeah, if they go, if they go to my website they'll see all kinds of options and and as you said earlier you know there's still my met training there as well and you know all the fitness related stuff but um, really fitness is has to be part of wellness and you know that that's what i'm trying to connect the dots to for everybody mm -hmm. so you've really turned into a very well-rounded uh fitness professional if you started as a competitor but then uh i first got to know you on online as the because of the met program so it's uh metabolic enhancement training it stands for right yes uh could so then we take we'll take a little sidestep here can you tell us a little bit about so those uh people that you train for shows these days it's kind of a little different approach with strength training than a lot of other people do uh as in that you train a lot of the body parts more often uh can you tell us a little bit about your strategy with that uh, yeah, um, I don't – just to be specific, I don't train a lot of competitors anymore. I actually screen people that want me to train them for contests, and if I don't think they're doing it for healthy reasons by my assessment, then I won't be part of it. They're still welcome to go find another guru that will help them, but I, I just won't. 
Um, so there's, you know, I want to make that clear first. I, I kind of left that, I left that hardcore world because to me, hardcore means obsession, and I don't find any any health and well-being in that. So let's just make that clear from the beginning. But uh, yeah, the Met training basically, uh, I started looking into other elements of training, and I started looking at commonalities in terms of, um, uh, say, position players in certain sports or certain sports in general, and what type of physiques were involved because of the training and not based on individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, with the bodybuilding narrow-minded focus, we looked at individuals and then just assumed if we do what some uh, genetic, genetically advanced individual was doing, then we should reap at least similar results, which was kind of ludicrous thinking. Um, so I, I kind of looked at the broader broader picture, which I'm a, I'm a very much a big picture guy rather than a reductionist guy. Mm-hmm. So I started looking at you know other ways to um, train for development and you know i started using a lot of functional stuff a lot of kinetic chain expression where you have the chain is only as strong as its weakest link so if you can make an acting muscle part of an acting chain um, then it will respond much more naturally than trying to isolate it and and uh overtraining it with more sets more reps or heavier weight which was the common one-dimensional thinking paradigm blindness of of the bodybuilding world so uh, I started experimenting with that a little bit, and everyone was getting such great results, but they were also burning fat, which was sort of an unexpected uh, bonus to what I was actually um, uh, trying to accomplish. So then I, I, it just went from there. I actually started uh, building it from there and, and using, you know, after this many decades and as being an expert in fitness, I could start applying some of the principles there, and uh, it, it really took off in terms of being a, a great methodology for um, – for training, so uh, that that's the Met system in general, and uh, you know I've got several Met programs as you're um, probably familiar with, but I also design them as well. But there's one, the Ultimate Figure program, and there's the whole body hypertrophy and the five day Met. So uh, there's there's a lot of um, sort of nuances to a methodology. It's not one program. People will write me often and say, you know, I have a question about your program, and I'll have to write them back and say, I don't have a program. I have a methodology, and within that methodology, I have hundreds of programs. So I, I think that's important to uh, for people to understand. Um, you know, this isn't P90X or something like that. It's you know, it, it's a methodology. So it has uh, gazillions of applications. And I try to make the program fit the client instead of trying to make the client fit the program. And mm. that's a big that's a big difference in what I do. Yeah, I, I kind of have that same take. I've, I've kind of learned uh, over the years that definitely every every client is different. And there's not really any norm, so it's definitely you have to adjust, adapt to uh, what their needs are and what would best help them reach their goals. Uh, I definitely agree with that that take. But on that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about your empowered women experience and why food, fat, and fitness are female issues. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you struggling with loss in your life? Whether it's grief, personal healing, or serious life changes that you are dealing with, tune in to Voices for Healing with host Kathy Roberts. Everything that happens to us teaches us and gives us hope and possibility. Kathy and her guest experts will bring you the tools that you need to start the healing process. There are so many ways to transform loss. Where can we take you? 
Listen every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Every day, you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field. One day, you hear one thing, and the next day, you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before. How do you know what's right? Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health and Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan and Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. Kelly covers our relationship with food and teaches us how easy eating well and living well can be. Taking us on a weekly food journey, guiding us to a more rich and vibrant life. So tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Be Fit for Life with your host, Chad Austin. If you have a question or comment about our program, send us an email at chadaustinfitness at gmail.com. That's chadaustinfitness at gmail.com. Now, back to Be Fit for Life. Welcome back, everybody. This is Chad Austin. You're listening to Be Fit for Life. I'm here with Coach Scott Abel. Scott, you have a. we've been talking about your website a little bit. I'm also um, a fan of your Facebook page, and you put a lot of great posts on there uh, that really make you think sometimes. And But you had a really good one that I mentioned to you that you posted yesterday, but I wanted to share it with the, with the listeners here because I thought it had got like 350-some likes and like 40 shares, so obviously all, the other, all of your other followers liked it as much as I did. So I just wanted to share this post here real quick, and then I'm gonna, I just opened the floor to you so I can get some of your feedback. But your post was... Just just how ridiculous is it getting? Here's an example. A little over a year ago, I turned down a request to coach a lady for a figure competition. She contacted me because she wanted to do it right, and that's in quotations. In her assessment info, she revealed a history of OCD, which required medication, as well as a long history with eating disorder, which she claimed she, had used, she, had, she used to have. Her plan was to get surgical liposuction on her stomach, glutes, and legs, and then start dieting. So you told her that any, anyone with a former, any former eating disorder or OCD issues should avoid competing and that you politely turned her down. The reason that you remember her so well is because about six months later, she wrote you to ask your advice on the following. A fellow competitor apparently told her that those last few weeks when you're hungry and if weight is not coming off, then the use of methamphetamine would get her through those weeks. No harm just doing it for a few weeks. She needed to know your opinion on that. And you put really in all capital letters and question mark. But the reason you shared this on your Facebook page is because just a little bit later, this person was being celebrated on one of the websites glorifying competition, figure competition, because she won her contest. And all the, contest, all the comments followed that were the typical comments, or what an inspiration she is, and etc. 
And so I think this really kind of it's a great post to explain kind of how far out of hand our perception of what's right and wrong or what's fit and what's not fit, as you said earlier, can, just, can be. So yeah, I just wanted to open for you to, to let us know kind of what your take is on this and kind of uh, how bad things are getting. How can we kind of improve this problem of people's perception on what is now healthy and what's not? Uh, I, I think it's a, re- a reflection of the competitive world. Uh, I got out of that world because uh, that's what I saw the higher up I got, and I got to the very top of that mountain. And uh, as I used to say in my in my workshops, I got to the top of that mountain and, and looked from the peak, and I didn't like the view. Um, but now, it, you know, this is just reflective of of um, the more is better mentality, and um, you know, the the win at all costs, and what what ladies are willing to do to have their bodies represent who they are, um, you know, over actually finding out who they are and what they're about. Um, and again, this outside in definition of self, which is always going to lead to more harm than good, and then just the sort of self deluded. De- denial nature of it all. Um, First of all, if someone has OCD combined with an eating disorder uh, and then to say, I used to have an eating disorder, that's kind of like saying I used to be an alcoholic, uh, you know, and and now I want to get a job as a bartender. Can you help me out? (laughs) Uh, You know, it's kind of the same uh, level of denial in reasoning and uh, denial stands or I said this in my in one of my books denial is an acronym for standing for don't even know I am lying to myself um, so you know and the, the other thing about that is no one really seemed to comment on the fact that she was getting lipo first. She was getting yeah. lipo on her on her legs, glutes, and abs in order to compete in, uh, I think it was figure, it might have been bikini. And then on top of that, you know, the use of crystal meth uh, would be okay. Ironically <laughs> enough, I just posted that uh, yesterday and I've already got four letters from ladies who are um, – personally attacking me thinking I was talking about them when uh, these were ladies I had never heard of before, never dealt with before. So I had to explain to them this was a letter that came to me directly. But it also already shows that there's, you know, how common uh, this crystal meth use is maybe is or that people have done it because they're writing me saying you were talking about me and uh, no, you know, I'm already getting letters like that. So very, very common. And uh, just just this – what it represents, this whole nature of obsession, this whole nature of um, you know that, that appearance is everything and that winning a show means you're worthy of respect and, and uh, all these kind of shallow presentations of a life well-lived when really it's just the opposite. So uh, yeah, I thought it was a post worth, worth making. You know, I keep trying to drive people toward wellness. Sometimes you have to talk hard to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I don't mind talking hard when it when it when it's called for, um, and it just you know, uh, like I like the title of that Facebook post said. I mean, this is how ridiculous it's getting when when someone is being blown up and being you know, oh you have my respect and oh you won the show and oh you're and you know the other thing for a lot of these ladies is they they use competing as a way to legitimize food obsession and weight obsession and appearance obsession because now all all of a sudden by legitimize I mean now it's okay because I'm doing it for a reason. No, you're 
you're hiding behind that reason. You still have an eating disorder. You're still obsessed uh, with food and weight in a way that that hurts your life, doesn't help your life. But you hide behind it uh, by legitimizing these things be, because you're quote unquote a competitor. Yeah. Uh, so, and I've always said, you know, I'm not trying to be derogatory to anybody, but I've been around long enough to say, you know, that uh, a five dollar bill and a pro card will still only buy you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. So. Mm. You know, uh, that's that's a good that's a good comment there. <laughs> you know, I uh, I don't know if it was Sean T or Julian Michaels that uh, I've heard before where they talked about. And I've seen both of them speak before, and but one of it was a talk about perception. And you know, as a trainer, you always get comments like, "I want to look like this celebrity," "I want to look like this this athlete," or whatever. And it starts with you know, just you go through the checkout line at a grocery store, you see you know a, a dozen magazines of people that are. Uh, you know, made to look as good as they possibly can, and but the thing is that no one's ever going to look like that person because there's only one person. You're, you're not going to be that person because you're yourself. You're not that person, and so this well, perception and, we have, yeah. And, and if you're looking at magazines in the checkout line, not that person doesn't even look like that person. Right. So uh, you know, I mean, between the photoshopping and the rest, I really have to to say uh, in, on on that topic, what a sellout Oprah has become in that department, um, having you know herself on the cover every month and being photoshopped obvious ways and. And the titles of the articles on the inside just make me shake my head. Now, that's the first thing that comes to mind. But we covered this in my Empowered Woman course. We show uh, a few of these things that are that are misrepresentations of, of per- perception and, you know, perception of perfection and the perfection perception and how that leads to uh, sort of disrespecting of the female form. Um you know, and I talk about that a lot uh, in terms of women losing their self-connection and then having it sold back to them by industry that profits heavily by by selling people a notion that you're not good enough the way you are. Right. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of what I rail against now. But um, there's all kinds of, you know, like I said, uh, perception, uh, we, we cover that in the course as well. It's actually the first uh, the first segment on my course the first four weeks is all about that um and we we talk about uh, people who you know um they're not even the way they look on the magazine covers and whatnot so um mm-hmm. yeah uh, but to get to to get completely bombarded by that day in and day out uh, does affect people's minds so they start mm-hmm. thinking in terms of what i say they start shooting all over themselves you know i should look this way i should diet harder i should i should i should i should and people who are truly self-accepting don't I don't speak to myself in shoulds. I I never have. Um, And I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah, I like that uh, should all over yourself. That's a, that's a, never heard that phrase before. That's really good. Um, So I I wonder how, I know uh, you, I love the story about how you climbed to the mountain peak and didn't like the view or kind of how you've evolved in in your thinking and everything. But, and most people would probably be a little bit, um, surprised at first that you went from being because everything I saw about you and the programs I've had with the Met and everything else, uh, it was some. It was some. Well, to, to see that you came from that to the empowered woman experience, it seems like you know this this these same problems for for a lot of part as far as self perception or not being good enough is problems that men have also. So, how did you pick this field of uh, for the empowered women experience? How did it come to that? I think it picked me. Um, you know, I, I, I realized, that, as I said, the higher I got in the industry, the more toxic my surroundings were, like you were talking about uh, in your own intro segment, surrounding yourself with good people and mm-hmm. the right people. And I wasn't surrounded by people who were uh, – 
reflective of who I thought I was and, and the empowerment that I live by. And while I was affecting them, they were infecting me. Um, so I wanted to leave that world, but I still wanted to contribute. And I had a lot to give back. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I took a lot from that world. And then, you know, I had my own sort of transformative experience. And when I did, you know, it made me want to uh, be about what I could give and not what I could take anymore. And when I did that, um, I was around, people have to remember, you know, I'm a pretty old guy now, so I was around before there was figure and bikini and all that. And when that came on the scene and it exploded, as a sociologist, my background academically is in sociology and counseling and whatnot, um, when, I, when I saw this explode, I also saw all the consequences that went with it. So first, I ended up writing the book Metabolic Damage and the Dangers of Dieting. I did a couple follow-up books on that, and then, of course, then I was faced with having to deal with the explosion of eating disorders that followed along with that. Um, so I wrote a book on that called um, Food Issues and You, Facing Your Phantom Menace. And then once I got into the research, I just realized how the sort of whole beauty debt nonsense is so heavily targeted and named at women uh, that my research kind of just took me there um, that uh, you know women tend to feel the same about themselves regardless of how they look and they didn't realize the commonality in that experience and it's something we share in the course um, I, I show them pictures of women and I ask them to um, put which letter came with which woman and they're always shocked by uh, which ones have the worst kind of self self concepts based on their pictures so this this whole like it, it just sort of chose me um, it's amazing to me just how full the world is full of women who are living lives defined by negatives and by self-loathing. And uh, so I started bringing all that together in a way that the research just kept adding and adding to it that where I had to be a voice. I mean, I just had to put my, um, you know, my, my intellectual skills uh, to form a voice for the people who really thought that they were isolated and suffering alone, whereas it's really a gender issue. Um, so I started talking about that and, you know, we can get into that if you want, but it's really why is it that 80 plus percent or 90 plus percent of people with eating disorders and food issues are women? Why is it that 80 plus percent of people who go to weight loss clinics are women? Why, why is it that over 80 percent of individuals prescribed psychotropic drugs are women? Um, when you start adding up all these numbers together, what are we supposed to conclude that women are somehow weaker? Because I find that actually the opposite is true. They have much more on their plate uh, yeah. as, a gen as a gender than we do. And when you add uh, that, hey, you better look good doing it, um, that's a tremendous amount of pressure. And then we have the cultural biases like uh, I read somewhere where, where someone was saying it's amazing from back in the day with Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers as being dancers. Fred Astaire got all the glory, but she was doing the exact same moves in high heels. Huh. Uh, you know, so where was the respect for there? Because it was a gender gender nuance. So um, these things are tied all together, and and I just I just find it so worthless that people are living lives defined by negatives and defined by self loathing, and then you know I'll feel better about myself when dot 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 you right. know lose mm. lose twenty pounds, get my chin done, get you know blah blah blah, and it's actually the opposite. If you start feeling better about yourself now, these things become easy. They don't become things that you suffer through. And that's kind of like a, that's my new coaching uh, approach in terms of the triangle of awareness. 
Oh, it, it sounds awesome. It's very fascinating. And so it, if someone were listening right now and they can, uh, are definitely intrigued and they can, and they're the ones that say that I'll be happier when I'll be, or, and they're going through the same kind of things in their head. How can, tell us about the empowered woman experience. You mentioned it was a 20 week program. What could someone expect to see in that kind of, in that program? Well, I, uh, you know, I like to make people think when I was doing my, my master's degree, I learned the most, the most from courses where we just sat across from the table from each other and, and, uh, taught, um, you know, that, that, those were the courses where I learned the most. And so as much as in this course, I talk at people, I also talk to them and I let, I get them to talk amongst themselves. That's the big thing. They sign up, they get the coursework dripped to them every week, but then they also, uh, they have a, a private forums where they can really be truly honest because there's no men involved in it except for myself. So they can really open up and be honest. And some of them, you know, I mean, in the last course, they get very honest. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I think they need that. They need a place to vent in an honest way that isn't filtered through body image. The problem with joining these fitness groups, especially the ones that celebrate the competitor physique or the final, you know, 12 week of suffering physique is yeah. that everything, everything's filtered through body image. And that's what they need to get away from. We call this the happiness trap. Things that promise uh, happiness in the solution at the end of a goal, whereas um, they actually add issues. Um, They actually create more issues than they solve. We call this the happiness trap. Um, So, uh, you know, I try to get get people to sort of wake up and it's like a wake up call to be present and and not be uh, so submissive to the messages around them that make them feel bad about themselves. Mm. You are definitely a, a great voice for this topic, and so I, kn- I know you recently started uh, your own podcast, and so and and on your site you can find MP3s of what you've done. So I th- you have a few shows on there now. What can people expect to hear in those episodes you have? Um, sometimes I, um, you know, I'm known for my rants, so people will just say, you know, uh, get Scott Abel on a phone call and let and, you know say something that'll make them rant. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, uh, I don't, you know, it's not, it's not uh, often intended. It's just uh, where my mind goes uh, from doing the research in this area for so long. There's so much to talk about that it's easy to get off on uh, tangents and and whatnot. We're also um, talking about doing a retreat in Aruba. Aruba is a place I go uh, every year to uh, reboot my system and my peace of mind. Um, and we're talking about having a woman's only retreat there with some of the stuff that that I talked to. I lead myself personally lead a very zen existence now and i I try to uh show people how you know that's kind of the answer for the issues they struggle with um you know it's not about trying harder you've been down that road Uh, if it was about trying harder the people that continue to struggle would already be there already you're not weaker than everyone else as a matter of fact my evidence from working with most of the ladies who struggle, people who struggle, is that they do already try harder than most people to whom things come easy. So, uh, you know, to follow, like you said, that magazine icon, uh, the person to whom it comes easy, as I've always said, Rosie O'Donnell's never going to look like Angelina Jolie no matter what she does. Mm-hmm. Um, so it becomes about, you know, self-acceptance in a way that's empowering. Um, so, you know, it's that kind of thing. And that, that should be all over my website and all over my empowered woman uh, blogs and my and my podcasts but we get into the nuances of it we get into the specifics of it we get into why and how food issues develop and what can be done about them and 
you know, usually people fight with their issues, and that's opposite of the Zen approach, which is to let go of issues so your issues can let go of you. The more you struggle with something, the more you strengthen it, um, and that's what most people uh, don't realize. So while they're resisting and struggling with something, they're actually strengthening it in their mind as something to focus on. And since what you focus on expands, they're actually strengthening what they don't want in their life. Um, so again, this is all part of what we call emotional fitness, mental fitness, and who's talking about that in the fitness industry? The fitness industry has to be more th- about more than dress sizes and, and six-pack apps, at least for people who struggle. No one's talking to the people who fall through the cracks, and mm-hmm. you know that that's my mandate right now is to help the people who feel less than uh, because they don't measure up to everything they're told they quote-unquote should be and once again shooting all over themselves. Right. And so this empowered empowered woman experience that kind of started with you doing research, and then you said, as you said, it picked you, and you're definitely a, a great voice for this, as I keep saying. But you, this is really kind of a, it keeps evolving, and so I know it's gone to the to the program and your mission retreat. What other things do you kind of have planned for the future? Do you have more plans uh, well, things you're putting yeah. together? Yeah, I've already uh, collected the research on, on the next book. Uh, every time I finish a book, I say I'll never write another one because it leaves me just so empty and exhausted. I don't think people realize what goes into writing a real book. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, teaching this course has been something else, and you know, it's about evolving as a, also as a measure of fitness. So as as I evolved and let go of certain things, um, it meant paying attention to other things where I could help people in other areas. So uh, I want to. Teach that transformation to people that you know that they can also evolve past something past uh, where they're stuck. They don't have to stay there. They can let go of those things. So I've also developed uh, something um, last year called the the Hard Gainer Solution Bible, and this is more about physique stuff because it's still you know I still am an expert in that area and still enjoy you know that element of things as well. I don't like to be you know, defined in one dimension. I have many talents. So uh, we're, lo- we're looking at launching that sometime in the new year as well. It's been done for over a year now. But um, so there's that as well, you know, but whatever I can do to enhance someone's life experience and, and get them to lead an empowered life, uh, you know, which is about personal growth, which is entirely connected to fitness and letting go of struggles and issues and, you know, all these other things. And, you know, that's what I'm about. And I hope to keep evolving and, and, you know, just uh, whatever I evolve to, uh, you know, share with the world and and with the modern, uh, you know, digital world, the more I evolve and share what I'm evolving to, it finds an audience. I really don't have to worry about that. Being an expert in something, you'll find the audience to whom your your message resonates. Um, so, you know, I trust in that and I trusted my skills and expertise to, to change lives. I've been doing it for four decades now and I don't see that ending anytime soon. I just take a much different approach than uh, the cookie cutter approach that tells you, you know, if you fix your body, you'll fix your mind and it's actually the other way around. Once you mm-hmm. fix your mind you'll set free your body and as the 80s song goes you know free your mind and the rest will follow and that's what mental fitness is about freeing your mind from the from what you struggle with so that the rest will will it'll still come with effort but it'll come with less trying yeah i like that take a lot um so someone listening right now well first off if if someone was listening right now and they wanted to to hire you as a mentor they wanted to kind of dive more into all this and what you can do uh, what should be their first step? Well, you know, I'm, a, you know, uh, I still earn my living with the one-on-one coaching, and I do it because I believe in it. So, uh, no one uh, gets over 
issues like this on their own. They think they can, but uh, usually let's say it's a food issue or let's say it's weight loss, for instance. In my book, The Anti-Diet Approach to Weight Loss and Weight Control, I talk a lot about being a weight loss tourist. Um, that, that, yeah, you can sign up for so-and-so's diet and so-and-so's 12-week transformation and you stick to it like glue for the 12 weeks or PX90 or whatever. Uh, and without changing the mind and all that, without enhancing your mental fitness and the emotional fitness, how you're feeling during the process, because the process is everything, uh, then what's going to happen is you end up being a weight loss tourist. In other words, you, uh, you never stay there. You go back to where you were before because you never changed what, what is really going to make something sustainable, and that's how you think and feel about the thing you're doing. And that comes from the process, not, not, the, not the acquisition of the goal. Um, so uh, it really requires one-on-one coaching, and if people are interested in that, they can just go to my website and look under services and see that uh, the the one-on-one coaching. But I do have a limit. Uh, I don't I don't go over a hundred clients at a time. It's just too much to go beyond that. But uh, yeah. but yeah, I, I'm a really big believer in the one-on-one coaching for whatever element uh, someone needs. You know, a lot of my clients. You know, some some have um, eating disorders, some had food issues, some you know want weight loss, some some you know just want the training and the diet focus because they got those elements kind of you know taken care of. So it, you know it really runs the gamut. But um, you know, I'm a big big believer in having a coach. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Uh, so Scott, this has been a, a a great interview. Thank you so much for being on the show. If the thing I want to I like to leave with everyone that's on my show is if I had a great coach when I was uh, in high school and college that basically told me, you know, if you take away one thing, then it was all worth it. And so if if someone was listening to the show today and they could only take away one thing, what would you want that to be? That you think better to do better, not the other way around. Don't buy into the North American message that everything must be measured and judged and that you have to do better to think better. Uh, That's why you're stuck. And when you learn and teach and are coached to think better, you'll do better without all the emotionally exhausting uh, nature of, quote, unquote, trying harder. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. That's a perfect way to end the show. So, listeners, thank you for tuning in this week. And go to uh, scottable.com and check out the website. And you can check out the blogs and the Empowered Women Experience uh, to get more on that. Uh, Thank you for tuning in this week. And we'll see you next time on Be Fit for Life. Thanks again for tuning us in. Please join Chad Austin next Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Be Fit for Life on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, have fun, get active, and be fit. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.